Hello, everybody! Welcome back to a, another episode of Bunch of Beauties presented by Pucker Up Sports. I'm Sam Prevo. I'm a senior editor at Pucker Up Sports. And as usual, I am joined by Jennifer Molia, writer at Pucker Up Sports, and nee- needs an app. Another one. I just took one, but I need another one. <laughs> Uh, Ariel Melendez, also a writer at Pucker Up. And, I mean, I got didn't work, so I could probably use a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think we all need a nap. I think it's one of those weeks, right? Bunch of naps. Uh, I do want to, uh, say that, uh, we apologize for the, for the gap in episodes. We did not record last week. Things were a little hectic on our side, where the website switched servers, and Ariel was on vacation in St. Louis, having a wonderful time seeing the Blues play, and... We, we just decided that it was better to take a pause instead of trying to cram in a recording session. And uh, now here we are. We're back. Yay. And uh, hopefully Yay. we'll be back on track. Um, so we'll just, we, there's a lot of news going on. Uh, this, the regular season is uh, coming to an end. Uh, most teams have about five games left to play. Um, between five and like seven, unless you're uh, in the North Division um because they got a little delayed with vancouver's situation but uh yeah so we're teams are clinching everything's going on but before we get into which teams are clinched and which teams are eliminated we have uh just another team in general joining the league officially the seattle kraken are the nhl's 32nd team they have officially become a part of the league um so what this means is basically, so we all already knew that this was happening. We have a date for the expansion draft. They were building their front office, yada, yada. But what's important to note is that now the Seattle Kraken have the right to start signing players. Yay. Now that they're officially part of the league. And Ron Francis, the general manager, can now attend general manager meetings. So those are the two really big important things that come with the Kraken being officially a part of the NHL. The NHL is now a 32-team league. Uh, later this summer, we will have a expansion draft. And yeah, it's 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 all happening. It's all happening. But I just like thinking the whole, like, he can now attend general manager meetings. I just like thinking of, well, I guess because it's probably super now, just being like, oh, hi, I'm here now. Like, just being able to. <laughs> hi, yes, I am also here. Like that. Like, hi, I'm back, guys. Right? Because he was the GM of the Carolina Hurricanes for a few years, yeah. so now he can just be like, what up? Guess <laughs> can, who's back? Back again. They can let you in the waiting room from the Zoom meeting now every time they had a GM meeting. <laughs> he was just sitting in there like, when's it going to be my turn? I honestly, okay, potential unpopular opinion, but mm-hmm. I honestly like love the expansion draft vibe. Like, I've been saying in school this week like my friends and I've been like the vibes in school are off this week like I a girl used the word rancid to describe the vibes in school this week <laughs> um which yeah but I don't know it's just one of those things where like a couple years ago when we had the Vegas one I like went to one of my friends houses to like watch it and it was like a nice little day outside it was like the summer and we like had some little snacks and wore some little jerseys and like I feel like it It isn't something to celebrate, right? Because you're like, oh no, who's my team going to give up? But we like, we like had a little night of it. Like it was the all-star game or something. And it was honestly fun. So I am 
I'm putting my foot down. I think this is fun. I think it's fun. And I think it's going to be fun. And and we're all going to have fun. I agree. I mean, as a as a strong advocate for chaos. Yes. And as someone who really, I just love everything that the Kraken's been about so far with their social media campaigns, with their, uh, in, with their, what, sh- what is it? Campaigns, I guess, for inclusion. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, because they and, work with Black Girl Hockey, right? Yes, they, they, they have a very big diversity initiative. Their, their front office is very diverse. Their commitment to um, the environment with the Climate Pledge Arena. Yeah. The colorway of their jersey is incredible. I think every... All, like you said, Jen, the vibes are immaculate for this team so far. Yes. <laughs> so we'll see how they fare in the expansion draft. Uh, I am nervous for some of my teams. Not the Rangers, really. They they they're in an okay spot, but the Hurricanes aren't. Yeah, as uh, as safe, I think. But we'll see what ends up happening. Um, but it's just something exciting that they're now officially in the league because we all knew this was happening. Now they're officially in the league. For sure. So had to be said. But. Now let's get to the 31 other teams that actually played this year. Um, <laughs> or tried to. Or tried to. Made you know, an attempt. Made an attempt, like Buffalo. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> but we won't, we won't talk about them. We made a vow that we're done talking about them. Yeah. So, oh my god. So, um, there is, I have the list of teams that have clinched so far. We have Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, Carolina, Florida, Tampa, Toronto, and then as of last night, Pittsburgh and Washington. Yeah. Those are all of the teams that have clinched playoff spots so far. Now, we were talking the uh one an either an episode or two ago about the crazy math that you have to do to when your team is close to clinching. Right. So right now the East is probably the tightest division in the in the league, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um with the fact that up until last night, no team from the East had clinched. But finally, Pittsburgh and Washington clinched last night. Um, so the NHL actually tweeted a graphic about the last teams vying for playoff spots and what the tiebreakers are. So I thought this would be interesting, especially for Jed and myself, because the oh Rangers my are involved. goodness. Yeah, I just opened the graphic because you yeah. sent it. And that's it's a little complicated. Holy numbers, Batman. Yeah, that's... Yeah, so I, I I understand it a little bit, so I'll get into it. Yeah. So <laughs> the first the first two uh, co- uh, rows that say points and games played, that's just not public knowledge. We all know that. So then the next thing is regulation wins, which is a tiebreaker. The Rangers actually have the most regulation wins of the three teams. They have, tw- they have 23, the other two have 22. This is the Islanders, Boston, and the Rangers that I'm talking about. Now, the second tiebreaker is regulation and overtime wins. That's what we affectionately refer to as row. In the hockey world, the Islanders actually have an advantage there. They're at 26. Boston and the Rangers are at 25. So it's extremely close. Yeah. What I think is interesting is the strength of schedule. Yeah, I was going to Because the Islanders are playing the Rangers who they've on Saturday who they've had Massive success against. They demolished them in their last game. And then they play two games in Buffalo, two games at home versus New Jersey, and one game in Boston. But so, four games against two of the worst teams in the league that have been eliminated for a hot minute now. Yeah. And Boston 
has three games against combined Buffalo and New Jersey, and they play the Rangers twice. <laughs> and they actually do have a game against the Islanders as well, and then the Rangers play the Islanders, Washington, and those those two games against Boston. So they're playing each other, so those will be must-win games for who any of those teams. They have oh, yeah. to win. Um, but I think the Islanders, as much as I hate to say it, do have an advantage to get that third spot. Mm. And then I think Boston and the Rangers will be competing for that last spot. But if but just by just purely going by strength of schedule, I would say Boston has the advantage. Stranger yeah. things have happened, but I just think it'll end up being three Islanders, four Boston, which is the way the standings are right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially because, like you said, like the Islanders have had such luck against well, not luck because they're just good. Um, but they, they've done they've done well against the Rangers. I don't know how I want to phrase that. They they did a good against the Rangers this season. Um, and like you said, against Buffalo and the Devils, like, yeah, like, I think you're going to be fine, guys. Um, and like you said, I think it will just be um, kind of a battle for that last spot. And I, as a Rangers fan, do not see the Rangers making it personally. That is just me. Um, which I don't necessarily think is the worst thing in the world. I think that, um, we've, we've mentioned before, I've mentioned before that, uh, Ranger fans, especially like my age, maybe a little bit older than me are just used to being in like win now mode all the time. And so like when the Rangers aren't going on these deep cup runs, it's like something must be wrong, but nothing is wrong. Um, well, things are wrong, but, um, not, not in this regard. <laughs> can you see the wheels in my head turning yes, yes. you got but, there you're fine yeah my my point of that was just um I don't think it's as big of a deal as people are gonna make it when the Rangers inevitably don't make the playoffs essentially um I think next year will probably be the year to not start getting worried and also not start expecting things but maybe like okay in the realm of possibility kind I of thing I think it's fair to expect to to contend for a playoff spot next year for the yeah. when, when, when the Rangers are concerned they have a very strong group of young players that just gained another year of NHL experience and they're bringing up more. I mean, they've just called up um, Morgan Barron from the AHL and I'm a huge fan of his. He's, He's great, been, yeah. been playing really well. Um, unfortunately, I think it's because Brett Howden has a fractured foot and he'll miss the, re- the last few games of the year. Yeah. And Chris, Chris Kreider is also dealing with some injuries, but it's not the end of the world. I don't think if, like you said, if they miss the playoffs this year, I think next year, that'll be the if, year. If, if they don't, if they don't get, I think they're returning to the wild card format next year. If they don't at least get a wild card spot, I think that would be considered a disappointment. But yeah. this year, I think contending this far into the season for a playoff spot is just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure, yeah. And honestly, I mean, what, so back to the rest of the league, I mean, the, the race for the President's Trophy is extremely tight. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The Hurricanes right now have a one-point lead on Vegas. They do have two games at hand. Um, oh, no, Vegas has two games at hand on them. Right. Um, but, I mean, it's the, the top of the league is stacked. Uh, Toronto um, rested some guys the other night because they clinched. Um, they rested Morgan Riley, so we're. I think we're going to see that maybe more from uh, some other teams. I just realized that Vegas is on a ten-game winning streak. How did I not know that? Um, I didn't either, honestly. Yeah, it says win ten. Great. Okay. <laughs> Great. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, we're get, we're heading into the into playoff season, and we're gonna see who's playing who. I mean, for for Carolina's sake, uh, I hope they do get uh, first in the division at least, if not first in the league, because then they don't have to play Florida or Tampa until the second round. Yeah, um, let let Florida and Tampa play an intense series against each other, get it out of the way, and then face the the winner of that series. Um, I'd much rather see Nashville or Dallas in round one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that, that turns out, but we're, we're getting a, a clearer idea of the playoff picture every single day, uh, which is totally. exciting because there's nothing like playoff hockey. I think, I, yeah. I think NHL fans say that a lot and, and people on the outside are like, Oh, I don't, like it can't be that much different, but like, it really is that it much is. different. It, yeah. The intensity level goes up like a hundred times. I was going to say like, as someone who, and I'm sure a lot of people are feeling the same way, like maybe felt a little bit disconnected from hockey this season, just between COVID and like, as a Ranger fan, like new players kind of starting to come in and like older players starting to come out. Like I wasn't like as invested as I usually am this season for like those reasons and other reasons. So I think like, the playoffs happening is going to be like a good excuse and a good motivator for me to like get my head back in the game as um as Troy from high school musical would say um and I, and I completely agree with you I think like some of those teams that you mentioned like Nashville like Dallas then like Tampa and Florida like I think a lot of those have the potential to be like really great stories because I I mean we're writers I'm huge on like storylines and sports like when you get like a nice like story ending in the playoffs or like a nice storyline going in the playoffs. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's, that is what I like. So I, I personally am excited for that. I don't have, um, assuming that the Rangers are not going to make it. I don't have my bandwagon team yet. So if you'd like me, I was going to say, if you would like me to bandwagon your team, um, applications are open. <laughs> uh, Jen, I'll give you a full PowerPoint presentation about why you should stand the Carolina Hurricanes after this. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, so unfortunately, with teams clinching, other teams are being eliminated, and we have our resident uh, Flyers expert slash fan, Ariel, mm-hmm. here. And uh, unfortunately, the Flyers were eliminated last night. Uh, with oh, official officially <laughs> eliminated with uh boston winning and i forget what the other condition boston was boston and um the islanders right. right so um unfortunately that means the flyer season will be done in a in a short while but also unfortunately carter hart uh won't play the rest of the season yeah. the last few games he has an mcl sprain if i remember correctly yeah um his left knee i want to say that oh, poor guy. So I just, my heart breaks for him because this whole oh, yeah. year has just been so horrible for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, Ariel, you can shed some light on this, but I, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, but this wasn't how the the Flyers anticipated the season to go well, after the way they played in the playoffs. I was going to say, um, especially after how things kind of went last year. I mean, as they've, as they've all said, uh, and we'll probably continue to say the rest, of the season is no one saw this going as poorly as it did for the final last few weeks. Like they started off pretty well and maybe they were getting lucky. They were getting good goaltending and, and stuff like that. And then you don't like to use excuses and I'm not going to say this is an excuse, but obviously they were shut down for a couple weeks from COVID and their practice time has been cut, but everyone's been dealt the same 
hand. So you're not going to say necessarily that that's what happened. But I, I, other than that, I don't really know what happened. Is everything just kind of seemed to fall apart at the same time? March, I think, I say officially eliminated. March was really when everything kind of went down and everything just kind of fell apart. Yeah. They, I, I don't even know the record. I think maybe that four or five wins in the month, if that. Um, Carter Hart and Brian Elliott, you weren't getting the goaltending you needed. Um, you weren't getting the defense you needed. You weren't getting a lot of the offense you needed. Um, cause at that point, the way your goaltenders were playing, you need, you were needing to score about four or five a game to, to be able to win. And they weren't getting that either way, but I don't know that I can put a true truth finger on what exactly happened, but yeah, they've got six or seven left. And it's kind of at this point, you hear, you hear this cliche all the time. It's playing for pride, playing for the guy next to you, whatever yeah. it is. And yeah. we'll see the, we'll see the changes in the off season. And I think something that's, I, I always love, I always love a gossip fair interview because you know, <laughs> you're going to get, you know, you're going to get basically how he feels and, and nothing else. Yeah. So, you know, he was asked kind of earlier today about everything about being eliminated and, and per usual, he was very blunt and honest in his assessment and said, we obviously know some changes are going to come. We're not stupid in that sense. Right, right. Like, yeah. they, know, they know some crap is going to go down. Like, yeah. But I, I, always just, I always just enjoy an interview from him because, you know, he's not going to sugarcoat anything. You know, he's going to be, be straight to the point and, and mm. connect me kind of the same way, mm. I think. Not surprising. And, because he, he kind of avoided that question because he was asked the same thing as well. He, he you know, kind of did the, oh, well, that's not my department, you know. Yeah. Right. That. He, he went the safe way. Um, but he did kind of say, someone asked him, and I thought it was interesting the way he was asked. Um, I was kind of going to ask a similar question to this to him, but maybe phrased in, I don't want to say a better way, but maybe a better way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of asked, because at, at this point in the season, like, yeah, what are you playing for? So he was kind of asked, like, how do you not pack it in? Like, is there anybody right. in the room that's packed it in, basically? And, like, straight up, is, has anybody given up in the room? Um, and, like, he was pretty much like, if you've given up, like, you don't belong, basically. Yeah. Like, if you've already, if you've packed it in, like, you don't belong here, essentially. Because, like, every game you play in this league is a privilege and, like, you can yeah. take it for granted. So at times he's also very good and kind of very honest. So I like to see that from them. Like, they know they've been dealt, you know, a, a shitty situation right yeah. now. And they yeah. just kind of have to finish out what they can. But I, I like when we get that honesty, you know, not just that, you know, this is what we're going to do. We got to just take it game at a time. You know, I, I like when the players are like, yeah, we were like, we were shit. Like when, when Gostafair said that, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, we were shit. Like, we know. And everyone was like, that's why they thought he got waived and all that stuff. But that's that's another story. Um, so no, I just I just like, you know, getting to hear from him and getting to hear from the guys that will kind of tell tell it like it is. And yeah. Yeah, they they, you know, just kind of everything just kind of fell apart all at once. And you didn't really expect it to fall as much as it did. Right. because um, I, I think, you know, if they get a couple more saves, if you know, they don't have as many breakdowns. Like maybe we're maybe we're in a different, you know, story right now. And yeah. we see potentially Carter Hart's not shut down for the year. Because um, I think there was thought that maybe if they were still in the fight that Carter would have come back. 
I was gonna I ask if I if he. I was gonna ask if he had been playing through this. Like, what? Like, did they catch this now? Or yeah, he tweaked it. Um, his last game was on the fifteenth against Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and that's when we were told he tweaked something. Oh, okay. Um, I was wondering because some of them play with these things for so long, and then eventually when they're eliminated, they shut it down and say, "Oh, well, we just found yeah. this out, and they're yeah, out for the no, rest of the year." He's been, he's been out since April fifteenth. Um, okay. His last game was against Pittsburgh that day. Um, play, he played really well in that game too. I want to say that was the shootout win against Pittsburgh. I think their first shootout win against Pittsburgh in history. Sure. Oof. Love um, that. But yeah, you, we found out uh, um, afterwards that he had tweaked something. I don't think we found out. I don't think we found out until very, very recently what the injury actually was. Yeah. Because that was also the game that Tanner Lazinski got hurt as well. And he's and he's done for the year. He already had his surgery. Poor kid. Um, on his – it was a torn labrum, I think. Ow. So, he, yeah. He already had his surgery, so um, he's done for the year. But I believe Vigneault said if they were still in the fight that I believe Carter would have come back. Uh, because it, a lot of it, I think that's why he. Da- I think that's why he described it the way he was doing. Is we don't think it's serious, but it's taking longer than we expected. That was that yeah. was the line you were getting from from him in, in every media session. That every time somebody asked about Carter, we don't think it's serious, but it's taking him a, a lot longer to come back Just e- every time. Yeah, and then finally you know, they were kind of on the brink of elimination or this was right before the brink of elimination. I think I want to say they announced it the yesterday or was it yesterday or the day before something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They said he was officially out for the season. And at that point it was, that was the right thing to do is you, you weren't playing for anything really at that point. So there wasn't a sense to bring him back. And I, that was also something similar to Goss' bear as well, because he's just coming back from injury as well. Mm-hmm. He was out um, about seven to 10 days with um, an MCL sprain, I want to say, but it wasn't related to his injury, his like previous knee injuries, because he said earlier today, um, when I kind of asked him, you know, how, what was the injury? Because we had never really been told what it was. He said yeah. he took a knee on knee hit. And hyperextended it. Oh, And the thing is, he's like, thankful it wasn't serious. Yeah, yeah thankfully, it obviously, is. yes. And he said, and he he said himself, if you know, he could have come back before before he potentially will tomorrow, but they wanted to be safe. So it's basically to to kind of wrap it up in because I definitely rambled for longer than I expected. It is, so. Okay. It's totally but fine. To wrap it all up in a bow, it, it was essentially they're not going to rush these guys back. Yeah, you know, Lizinski got his surgery. He'll he should be back for camp. Carter Hart. I, I don't know if Carter Hart it's going to get surgery or not. We're not going to find that out, obviously, until until the end of the season. Um, and then Ghost potentially will be back tomorrow. They said he's uh, Vigno said he's just got to get cleared by the medical staff. It's pretty much up to him and the medical staff. And if he'll come back tomorrow, and then it is what it is. Um, I don't know how much I, more I can say because I don't really have any other answers for yeah, anything right. else. But that's my little that's my little ramble. That's my little spiel. Um, it's like the the it's all good the Tampa tweet when they lost the series. It was like, oh yeah, you want answers and we don't have them. <laughs> <laughs> that tweet is iconic. And that's the thing that Vigneault has also said is he keeps getting asked, looking back on this season, what went wrong, or looking back on this, looking back at that. He is stressed. 
beats me, dude. Like, sometimes, you know what? Sometimes there aren't answers, though. Yeah. It's not even, yeah, it's not even like that. It's just like I'm talking about right here, right now. Like, we'll talk about this later, basically. Like, he's not going to assess anything because he he keeps getting asked and he's saying, he's like, like I've been saying. Yeah. (laughs) We're not going to talk about what happened before until like the season's over like the focus yeah. is on is on right yeah. now and and even then i don't know if i don't know if you're gonna get the answers like mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys saw what i posted earlier because this is probably a hot take opinion based on how people <laughs> perceive Vigneault, and i know you both have dealt with him as a coach so <laughs> dealt. You, you obviously have similar thoughts i'm sure but i was just kind of because he had said something last night about the penalty kill because he was he was asked about it basically like what's gone wrong with the penalty kill essentially and he did go into that a little bit and kind of mentioned they've changed the personnel a little bit mm-hmm. and said a lot of the younger guys are getting roles now that have never penalty killed before. So there's obviously going to be, you know, some struggles there. Yeah. Right. Well, people didn't like that. I feel and like the, it's feel a, like you can have an idea of why people didn't like that answer. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's hard for any coach in general to win a lot of the time with, with questions like that or because – they want you to like sit down and they want a coach to sit down and like break down like yeah what's going on in the room and everything and we'd all love that but that's not realistic It'll right never, like we're yeah. we'll never we're never going to be able to sit down and like a, sit down in like the situation like a strategy room or like a film room with them and like see their whole game plan or whatever which is what I think us as the media and us as fans in general would love to see because sometimes we're a little baffled by certain decisions and things like that but we're just gonna have to deal with the things that the that the information that we're given. Yeah, yeah. and that that's definitely a, I think a problem that a lot of people have had with a lot of things that he said. And from what I kind of said earlier, I, I'm on the other side of it just because I can see where he's coming from mm. and right. why I think he's answered the I'll, I'll just how he's answered questions in general. Like a lot of people had a problem with the way he talked about Carter. I didn't really see that. Because, you know, the way he was saying, you know, he needs to be better, this and that. I mean, he kind of did. Like, that wasn't <laughs> a lie. But it, it was the fact that he was saying that, but the players were like, oh, you know, he's going to be fine. Like, you know, right. Like, standing up for him, essentially. But I think what – and I want to stress, and I should have said this in the beginning. I want to stress, this is my opinion. <laughs> I'm not of course. anyways wrong. Yeah. Way. I want to stress that. I just need to stress that. That You're this good. is how I perceive it is yeah the players are of course gonna stand up for carter they're gonna mm. they're gonna or any any player in the room to begin with they're gonna stand up for him they're they're gonna say yeah, yeah he's still good but you know he's gonna he's gonna bat it out of it. he's gonna be better i think know. i think people i think i think fans especially but a lot of people will just read will try to read too much into things that mm-hmm. are said in those post games right like yeah. And think a lot like, of the times the players don't want to be there, the coaches don't want to be there. Exactly. They're they're fe- especially at the especially at the especially at the end of the season when they're getting eliminated and stuff. Like they're fed yeah. up with everybody's questions and trying to like find answers for what oh, yeah. what went wrong. So you have the coaches trying to be more realistic, and then you have the players who are trying to stand up for each other and like paint an optimistic look of mm-hmm. things will be fine, things will get better. So and it's like you, about it, the- that doesn't mean they're they're going against each other behind the scenes that just yeah, means yeah. that they have two different views when they're answering yeah. questions yeah so think about I, I don't the, know. I think, 
the mental, emotional, physical state you have to be, like, when you're giving a post-game quote, like, just as a player, like, exactly. you just, you just did, like, intense also, cardio for an hour, you're probably just spent yeah. in every way, like, you're not thinking so intensely about the words yeah. that you're saying, like, and, they always... And- they always make the joke about like the the like canned answers. That I was gonna give. say like, that. Yeah, so it's like. But sometimes, like you understand why they're doing it because they don't want to yeah, be there. Exactly. So it's like yeah. let's not read into something that they said when they were like, "I want to go home, take a shower, sleep, see my kids, not see these people." Like they they probably got a million other things on their mind. So when they're like, "Yeah, like we played badly," like don't like don't like spark notes that like don't analyze it. Like they're they're simply. <laughs> I got jokes today. Um, they, they simply, they would simply like to go home and they're simply trying to hit their participation quota in their little interviews so they can leave. And yeah, I-, I, I think the same thing about like the coaches, honestly, too, because like you said, like, I think Sam said this, sometimes there just like aren't answers and like, that's okay. And I feel like there, there's no need to like crucify AV right now. Like no matter how you feel about him, because like, they just have to like put on the brave face and like finish out the season. And like, then when everything's said and done, like, okay, maybe you'll get like a little bit more insight into it. But I don't know. I feel like sports, (laughs) sports, like culture is weird with that because like we call for people to lose their jobs. And like, that's so crazy. (laughs) Like I, I was just thinking about that. Like when you mentioned AV, like my friends and I who are Ranger fans, Sam can attest. We were actively rooting for this oh man. yeah the day the day he got fired i was job. yeah the day he got fired was like a like a new new york state like a new york city holiday yeah like new york city insane. and long island area holiday like we we actively wanted the team that we like so like when you like a team you want to see them win no we actively rooted for them to lose so that they would fire it. To see a man lose his job. Like, that's so crazy to think about. And, like, that's not me trying to act, like, high and mighty. Like, I was absolutely, like, hashtag fire AV. It's just so crazy that, like, we think like that. And, I mean, I feel like it's different than, like, his case or the case of people similar to him. Because, like, you know that they're almost definitely, like, going to get a new job within the NHL. If not, like, hockey elsewhere. And if not, they're probably old and just not going to get another coaching job and just going to be done. Um, but that's just that's just kind of crazy, and yeah, it'll it'll do a number on the old noggin. Yeah. Well, I want to actually cycle back to the hurricanes. Yeah. Um, I'm learning how to do this podcasting thing again. I'm going on ta- we're going on tangents, but it's all good. We're gonna get back <laughs> on track, guys. Go to a happier um, subject. Yeah. So I I guess this will help me make my case, Jen, for you to bandwagon right, them. I'm ready. Um. So. I am just super proud of them, but I think that's just me as a fan. <laughs> um, it's been a wild. They went on a road trip through Florida, and then they went, I want to say, to Detroit and then came back. Something like that. and Or to Dallas. I think it was Florida and Dallas. So there's, they've been playing a lot of games lately. Yeah. So they got points in every single game on the road trip. If they didn't win, they at least went to OT. Yeah. They had some major injuries along the way. Right now, Brock McGinn and Jordan Martinook still aren't playing, which are two integral parts of their forward lineup. Brady Shea missed a few. He had a concussion on a questionable hit from behind by Blake Coleman, if I do say so myself. (laughs) 
Um, and I believe that Rob Brandon was not too thrilled about it. And in his post game, he said something about like how it was crazy that the hit wasn't looked at. And now one of our guys is potentially concussed and he ended up with a concussion. Um, however, on the flip side of that, um, Tavo Taravainen came back and he had been struggling with the after effects of a pretty nasty concussion. So good and bad things happening, but all throughout it, the, the, the running theme was that it was that next man up mentality, right? That Morgan Geeky was stepping up and Max McCormick came up and he's stepping up and Steven Lorenz is playing so well in his first year in the league. And they, the, the depth is really showing now on a team that hadn't been that deep for a very long time. And they just found ways to win and they never gave up in any game. Like I've been a Hurricanes fan for uh, for a decent amount of time and there were games where I you could visibly see them just give up. <laughs> they were simply not there. <laughs> yeah, and it was so embarrassing and like so horrible to see and now there's games where even when they're winning they don't take the their foot off the gas, right? Like yeah. they know that every game's important. And you just get the vibe that they all know that something special is happening and they all, I mean, they all say this all the time and I think it's so true. Rod Brindamore as a leader, I mean, ev- Vincent Trocek said it every time that the, he speaks to them, they just want to r- end up running through a brick wall for him. I like I would run through a brick wall for Rod Brindamore. Like <laughs> he's the fact that he hasn't won a Jack Adams yet is crazy. This is the first time that the hurricanes have made the playoffs three seasons in a row. And he's coached the team all three of these seasons. That's awesome. They're, they're breaking records from when they went to the cup final in 05, 06. All like all these records you're seeing they're it'll, it's like last time this happened, 05, 06. And they mm-hmm. won the cup that year. Not to say like that's foreshadowing or anything, but that's the level that they're, that's the, that's the level they're competing at is what the point I'm trying to make is. Yeah. And one of the positions that they have received a lot of flack for through the years of, failing to have depth at is goal is goaltending and I've I've brought him up before but we're really not talking about Alex Nedeljkovic and it's really frustrating me because he was a star on this whole road trip in general and he's one of the best goaltenders in the league right now and he's stepped up in Peter Mrazek's absence once already Peter Mrazek came back now he's hurt again and he's just continuously going for it so last week um Alex, uh, his his username is Future Canes. He's a, an excellent follow. Huge Hayden Flurry stand, great guy. But he said this was a week ago, so the numbers are a little different. And I'll get to what the numbers are now. But this was a week ago. Yeah. Since Morazic came back, Alex Nedeljkovic is three and zero. I was at one of those wins, I believe. He's only allowed two goals on seventy nine shots Whew. in those three games. So that's a nine seventy five fa- save percentage. That's Mental. At that time, so this was April twentieth. Overall, yeah. he, overall at the time, he was eleven four and two, with a one point eight seven goals against average and a nine thirty two save percentage. At the time, that was leading the NHL in both goals against and save percentage. Mm. Now he's fourth overall in goals against, but it's super close. It's like tenths of yeah. a point off, and he's fourth and save percentage but it's also like hundredths or tenths mm-hmm. off um and i think just it's it's a disservice because people still think that they're weak in goal yeah and i'm like this team isn't gonna isn't in the race for the president's trophy with a with weak goaltending they have three mm-hmm. excellent goaltenders yeah their def- their defense is deep their forward depth is showing with all these injuries 
they found the way a way to get points they absolutely dem- they didn't they didn't blow out Tampa and Florida but they showed that they can compete with those two teams that mm-hmm. that all the craziness that went on in the in the in one of the Tampa games with 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 the hits and and there were penalties and and injuries and things like that they didn't bend to Tampa they they said okay you guys are, are you guys play hard you guys are defending champions but we're right here with you guys and I don't know I'm just there there's such a wonderful story and mm-hmm. I think it's not getting a lot of national attention for whatever for reason sure, yeah and I hope that they make another showing in the playoffs and prove that they're here that they're I mean they I think they've already proven that they could be perennial contenders but hopefully on a national scale really show the hockey world that this is this is for real because it's it's and it's a, such a wonderful story. I mean, I feel like everyone gravitated towards the storm surge thing. Mm-hmm. So why can't we all just get on their bandwagon again without again. them doing that? Yeah, I mean, they still surge. They just don't do the wacky stuff. They just do the the, <laughs> the, the skull clap. Yeah, but I agree with all of that. That's though. my that's my case to hop on the the Canes bandwagon. <laughs> They've been absolutely incredible to watch, and yeah. their game they just play a high pace style. They they score in crazy goals. Everyone's scoring defense forwards. It's mm. it, and the goalies are playing out of their mind. It's just I don't know. The last few games have been so fun, and and now we're headed towards the end. And they could they could potentially win the president's trophy. So it's crazy. Yeah, I could definitely see them making a run if not going all the way this year. We should we should do our brackets like live on an episode. Oh, we should definitely do our brackets. Um, I love doing guys. brackets for the playoffs. It's the only thing I like doing brackets for. I think because I the only always. Thing- I always make like an optimistic one and then like a real. Oh yeah, I do one. I do the. This is what I want to happen. Yeah. This is the. I do the. This is what I want to happen bracket, and then I do the. This is what is probably going to happen bracket based on my brain. Yeah, like the Rangers will always win if they are in the playoffs. In oh, absolutely. Um, but back to the Hurricanes. I I agree with everything that you said. I think especially their goaltending situation deserves more attention because the stats that you're at are absolutely mental and like. Mrazic's shoes are like not easy to fill so the mm-hmm. fact that he's been able to step up like I I definitely think that he deserves more credit for that and like the amount of players that are you know not not playing injured but players are out injured and they've still been able to stay afloat I think that definitely says something about like the depth that your team has if you have players like um Brock, um, Brock McKinn I don't know why yeah. his name just left my brain I, uh, I don't know who Brock I was gonna say i strange name anyway Brock McGinn and Martinook you know with with players that are that valued by the team and like big biggish names I guess um the fact that they're out and they're able to stay afloat I think that's a huge deal and it's a testament to their depth and yeah I could I could definitely see them uh making a run for it I and I know we mentioned Tampa and Florida before I think whoever comes out of that um has a chance at it and those are my those are my preliminary opinions currently yeah <laughs> yeah and I, I think in the west i think every all the eyes are on vegas and colorado as yeah. they should be um and then toronto out of canada um but the playoff i mean anything can happen in the playoffs really so yeah that like i said that that's when the what i think will happen in my head and with a couple i usually throw in a couple upsets yeah but it's 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 the head and heart battle. Oh yeah. Um, 
One last thing I want to mention about the end of the season uh, is that obviously with the end of the season comes awards. And there's two things I wanted to point out about awards. We're, we'll we'll do like a full awards thing. I, I think that would be fair enough at yeah. the, it's when it gets closer. But there's two interesting points that I I want to make. I, maybe three. Uh, one is one is really quick. One is really quick, and that is that Austin Matthews is running away with the Rocket Richard Trophy. He has 36 yeah. goals. The only person who's even remotely close to him is Connor McDavid, who has 28. Um, Connor McDavid has an insane amount of assists, so he has like 80 something points. He'll win the Art Ross, but yeah. Austin Matthews looks like he's going to win the the Rocket Richard. He will be the first American to win it. Really? Yes. I didn't, never even thought about that. That like, yeah. Why is that like wrecking my brain right now? Yep. And because oh. the only reason I know that is because he got really close to winning it last year, and I wrote an yeah. article for Pucker Up about it. Um, because when the year got cut short, um. I said that one of the things we missed out on was Austin potentially winning the rocket. Um, oh, here we are. And he would have been the first American to do so. And now he's running away with it. He, I mean, everyone knows he's an amazing goal scorer, but like 36 goals in a 56 game season. And he yeah. potentially will score more because they have five games left mm-hmm. or however, five or six games left. That's insane. Um, so all the props to him, it'll be super cool to see him win it. We'll obviously go more into depth about, that but i felt like that was cool to point out the other two things i wanted to talk about about it really quick are the rookie of the year award i think it's awesome that kirill kaprizov and jason robertson are the two front runners for it Mm -hmm. because they both weren't like those top picks that everybody's talking about you know what i mean yeah um and they're taking the league by surprise, which is super exciting, especially Jason Robertson. I feel like he's emerged, especially at the end of the season. Like he's just been killing it for Dallas and helping them remain in this playoff race. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome to see with the Calder trophy. And then the last thing, I think this is the thing that I'm most passionate about and I'll try not to wax poetic (laughs) is that Adam Fox needs to win the (laughs) Norris trophy. Right. Professional right. Hockey Writers Association, if you are listening, when you vote for awards and you get to the Norris, I know that Victor Hedman's name will most likely be on there. I know that John Carlson's name will most likely be on there. Just skip over that and pick the correct winner, Adam Fox. No, I am for it. I was looking through like my time hop, my tweets from however many years ago today, and two years ago today, I tweeted Adam Fox is a New York Ranger, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, the, the trade ad- the he trade is. anniversary just passed, and he is a New York like it's Ranger. a it's a sweet story. Like <laughs> at the time, we were like great, like top prospect, like yeah. coming to his home team, and he want he made that decision. He's wanted to be a Ranger. He forced his hand, and the Canes traded the the, but. The he's fact so that he's talented. he single-handedly is the Rangers defense right now pretty oh, much. Yeah. I mean, Brendan Smith has been great as like a veteran mentor presence for the blue line, but Jacob Truba's been out for a little while because he yeah. got hurt. And Keandre Miller is a is a rookie, but and Ryan Lindgren's has been great as well. Like the the defense has been like probably the best that it's been in the last few years for the Rangers, yeah. but Adam Fox is just miles ahead of everybody he's else on that standout. defense. Yeah, for he's sure. He's he's just on both sides of the puck. I think that's what 
is so great about him mm. is that he's racking up these assists. He has 42 assists, but he'll also, he's defensively sound, which I think mm. like, that's why everyone loves, that's why Victor Hedman is a perennial Norris candidate. Yeah. It's because he does, he has those same qualities, but Adam Fox is just, I mean, the Rangers aren't in the spot they're in for contending for that playoff spot right now. If Adam Fox isn't on that defense. Agreed a thousand percent. And I think, what you said about like the rest of the defense, I'm probably one of the only people on Rangers Twitter that still loves Brendan Smith. I will wave that flag forever. Um, <laughs> I I listen if they if he comes back on like league minimum or like a million dollar contract, I'll oh, yeah. take him back next year. Yeah. I think he's a great veteran presence, and he's been scoring lately, and mm-hmm. he's 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 been solid. I think I think people people are quick to jump on him because of the contract. For sure. And I think that um, part of it is uh, a couple of years ago. Wow. It's been like a long time since the Rangers got him. I just remembered like how old I was when the Rangers got him. And now I'm okay. Weird. Um, time's not real. But my Time's point, fully point of that is that I think when the Rangers did first get Brendan Smith, like the expectations were very, very high. And in that first playoff run, it was like, oh, like Brendan Smith. Like I remember, like everyone getting jerseys, like when he played, like Smith and Shea. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, rest it's, in okay. Peace. it's okay. It's okay. Um, but I, I remember like Brendan Smith fever being like very real. Like I remember everybody getting jerseys. Everybody was going to the games, being like, oh my god, Brendan Smith got him from the wings, whatever. And I think that. Um, part of that was, like, the Ranger fan expectations thing of, like, um, Ranger fans. <laughs> uh, Ranger fans always, like, expecting so much out of their players and stuff just because uh, we're a little spoiled. And I think part of uh, the other part of it was, like, um, maybe the team or maybe him, like, building himself up, thinking that he was going to be better than him. And it, yeah. it just met in the middle and it was not great um, in the season following. And then he got put on waivers on his birthday. Happy birthday, Brennan Smith. Go to the minors and fight your teammates. Um, so that was That was not... a tough year for him. I mean, he, yeah. he even <laughs> talked about it because he, he came to camp out of shape and, and he, ad- yeah. he admitted his side of things because I think it takes two. I don't think it's ever entirely on the on the for organization sure. or on the player. Yeah. Um, he's been through a roller coaster with the Rangers for sure. But oh, yeah. I, if, if this is the end to his, his time with the Rangers, which it, it, it might be because might be, they are yeah. very, they are very deep on defense. Um, and they may go with, if, if, if they can't, get him on a cheaper re-signed on a on a cheaper new deal then they may have to part ways with him but if if that is the case then i think this is a high note for him to go out on just as as a mentor to these kids and um and as and just his his, seemingly his play is re-emerging as Mm -hmm. as as closer to the top level that it was when we got him so yeah i it's nice to see because like so yeah, you root for guys him. like that. Exactly. No, it's, it's, you, I was just gonna say you root for him to like yeah. rooting for him. Yeah, he's he's a nice guy, and he was quoted like a couple um a while ago around the deadline, essentially saying like, "I know they could have traded me, and like, thanks for not trading me. Like, I'm happy to be here, kind of thing," so. which was like nice to hear. And I just he was um he was one of the first players that I met like when I really started getting into the sport, and I remember loving him when he was on the Red Wings simply because. I was 13, 14 years old, and he was handsome. And that's just how it goes sometimes. I don't understand why we knock it. When you're that age, that's how it goes. Don't understand why we knock it, because it's a way of getting into the sport. Um, And I remember, like, when we trade for him, being so excited. And I met him at, like, a Steiner sports signing at, like, the mall by my house. We've all been there. We've all done it. And I, I fully had a shirt 
that just had like his logo on it because I didn't have his jersey yet. So it was just like a gigantic puck that said like Brendan Smith on it. It was like it was it was a fashion choice. And this is just my little story, but I like went up and I was like, hey, and I like have my little shirt on. And it was like a couple players. And I so vividly remember Kevin Shattenkirk was sitting next to him and he said something brennan smith said something like oh like i like your shirt like haha like thanks for being a fan and kevin john kirk with his full chest said oh did you buy that off somebody on the street or did you find it in a dumpster and i kirk. I will take that with me till the day I die. Kevin Shattenkirk, I spent money on it and I was very happy with my purchase. I also asked uh, Brennan Smith how his dog was and we had like a solid conversation about his dog. So Brennan Smith, um, love you, King. Best of luck in your future endeavors. Smitty, Um, if you're listening, we love you. We stand. Brennan Smith, if you're out there, please come on the podcast. I would love to have any player, but especially Brendan Smith. I love him. Um, okay. So speaking off my, of, off my yeah, Smith I just box. wanted to before we switch <laughs> before we switch topics. I just wanted yeah. to say really quick because in the in the vein of players to root for, um, we had a couple uh, retirement announcements recently, and I just wanted to because I think they were they were two kind of like league staples mm-hmm. at least for me. Um, so I wish them the best of luck in their endeavors after hockey. Uh, or after playing in the NHL, um, Ryan Miller is retiring at the end of this year. Uh, he it was sweet. Buffalo uh, posted a lot of like uh, congratulatory things to him and mm. thanking him for everything he did for them, which I thought was a really classy move. Um, but he's with Anaheim right now, and they've been eliminated. So uh, in a couple weeks, when the season's over, he will no longer be playing. So. Congrats to him on a really long career and and good luck to him if he decides to come back to the NHL in some capacity or if he's just going to go live his life. Good for him. I um, think he said he wants to. If I think he should. I mean, yeah. I think he's he I think he's involved in hockey. Somewhere. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. he, it's one of those cases where it happens to a lot of players where physically they can't play anymore, but they're mm-hmm. still into the game. And, I, oh, yeah. and he's not he's not like super old or anything. I think he's like 35 yeah. or something. So, um. Whatever capacity he returns to hockey, I wish him well. And and well, we wish him well. And Andrew Shaw um, announced that he's yeah. retiring. I think I think that's effective immediately that he's retiring. I think yeah, it was uh, like, it was it was injury related. Yeah, I yeah I honestly and, and this I'm shocked that he played this year. He was dealing with I think I think it was that a concussion aftermath yeah. and everything, and yeah. and then he got concussed again if I remember correctly. Yeah, so. This- this isn't like a knock on him or anything. I honestly forgot he was even still in the league. He like, was, yeah. Honest, well, I, think I th- that's because of the injuries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's because of the injuries, and I'm glad that he's he's finally putting his health first. I think that's sure. like the real that was a realization. Yeah. Um, he has a young family. Mm. Um, him and his wife are adorable. I was um, gonna say I like follow his wife on Instagram. Like, uh, Shawn Atwood, she's so cute. Um. But yeah, so the the Hawks also did like a really nice tribute for him. He won two cups with the Blackhawks. He's ending his career with the Blackhawks. So claps all around. I'm really happy for we're really happy for him that he's gonna you know take take care of his health now and take care of his family. Yeah. Um, I also think like he was one of the first um stories we really saw of like whether it was PR or not, like a player like 
um really like investing and buying into like the diversity and like learning about inclusion thing yeah we had that instance a couple years ago in the playoffs where he said a word we didn't want him to say and i think like the year after like he immediately immediately was like throwing himself into like the you can play stuff and he was like the team ambassador and like whether that was like a pr move or not i think it was just one of the first instances we saw of like okay like i did this thing i got called on it and we're gonna move from it and that was that was really cool to see i think i think him and another former blackhawk daniel carcillo are two really big examples and like you can like you can people have their their thoughts on carcillo because he is very um vocal on social media about his causes and he Mm. he is very relentless sometimes but that aside i think they're both great examples of they learned from their past mistakes and actually took the time to understand why what they said and did was wrong Mm -hmm. and sat and listened instead of just getting defensive and corrected their their thinking and actually like tried to become better people at the end of it so i hope other players can kind of take notes because i think uh that's the proper way to go about it Mm -hmm. is to just say admit that you did something messed up and then find ways to learn and then take what you learned and use it for good for sure agree um so that's are a little bit on players to root for and nice people in the NHL because there are a bunch of them. So before we move into women's hockey, because there's some news, I just wanted to, because I think we should talk about it because it happened. The secondary television deal announcement was earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will, I'm, I have a little bit of like inside baseball on it because uh, I am an employee of Bleacher Report for my full-time job. Um, so... ESPN has the primary new primary U.S. television deal for the NHL. We've known yeah. that for a little while now. But earlier this week, Turner Sports, so they own uh, or just Warner Media. Turner in general bought the rights, but it will be th- but the coverage will be through Turner Sports and HBO Max. Um, they have the secondary television rights to the NHL, so that's going forward for the next seven years. Um, they get three Stanley Cups of the next seven. I believe and ESPN and ESPN gets four. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to get half of the playoffs. They're, from what I know, they're going to create a show that is in the same vein as Night in the NBA mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for TNT to cover the NHL, which is super exciting because if you guys don't watch Night in the NBA, it's wonderful. <laughs> Chuck and Shaq are delightful. And I know that the the NHL really doesn't have like a Chuck and Shaq, but if they at least try to inject some of that lightheartedness and personality into their coverage, I think they'll have a winner. Um, And Bleacher Report will have full digital access to NHL footage and highlights and stuff like that. Um, So it's super exciting for me personally, but also just for the league. I think it's a really great step forward. So I'm excited for next season uh, to have ESPN and, and Turner, uh, national coverage as opposed to um just nbc running the whole show Mm -hmm. um but i felt like that was important to 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 just bring up because 
it's going to be really good. I, th- I think. I don't know what you guys think. No, but I, I think too. it's going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of times um, the NHL is kind of seen as like the odd one out and like the big four um, North American, American sports. And so getting like deals like this and like you said, like uh, the number of Stanley Cups that are going to be on X channel and uh, the shows that are going to be made. Um, I, I just think it's like a huge step in the right direction of just like, like we talk about growing the game all the time, just getting more people to watch and getting more people invested because yeah. it really is when you, um, when you take out, um, all of the awful stuff, hockey is really fun. So I hope that more people, um, watch. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, well, I know from, for Bleacher's perspective, I know that, I mean, this is our case for pretty much like, I mean, we do provide coverage for, in for dedicated fans of sports but i know with the nhl at least like the goal is going to be to bring our audience that you know we have gained through nba and nfl mm-hmm. coverage some people within that umbrella are obviously also hockey fans but we're gonna try to bring in those casual fans as well so i'm i i think it'll be a great thing to just grow like you said grow the game so that's why i felt like it was necessary to share because i think that's one place where I think NBC, I mean, I don't want to totally knock NBC. I think when you're, I think spreading the coverage to two networks was completely smart because when you put all the responsibility of basically like carrying a league and growing a league on one network for so long, it's a little tough, I think. And especially since NBC is very, I mean, Yes, I think the strengths of the NBC and Turner deals are the streaming implications and the digital social media coverage applica- uh, implications of it because I think that's where NBC dropped the ball. Yeah, specifically, yeah. Um, games were very hard to stream. Uh, not many games had national coverage. Uh, we've we've complained about scheduling before, and we'll complain about scheduling probably in the future. Yeah. But. With the ESPN Plus streaming and then things with HBO Max, there'll there'll just be more places to to consume hockey, which I think is the most important thing. So for sure, that's that. Super excited going forward with that. But on to women's hockey because there's some exciting stuff going on in the NWHL. We had the NWHL awards recently. Um, I think to no surprise, Michaela Grantmentis was the MVP. Very happy for her. She very well deserved. Also, not a surprise, Amanda Levier won Goaltender of the Year. Again, very happy for her. Very well deserved. Um, but I think the biggest thing and the most... Because uh, uh, some uh, national women's team players went on um, Erica... I want to say Nardini is how you say her last name. The CEO of Barstool. They went on her podcast again. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I posted the gif, When will you learn? Interactions <laughs> Yeah. Um, but in light of that, um, because it, it connects to the earlier situation from a few months ago with Barstool and, and all that, uh, Soroya Tinker won the Dena Lang Award, which for those of you not familiar with uh, the NWHL, Dena Lang um, is a player, was a player on the Boston Pride, and she unfortunately suffered a very, very serious injury in the one outdoor game that uh, that the NWHL has ever played, uh, which is also unfortunate, but she is paralyzed uh, from the waist down, right? Just the waist down. And, yeah, I um, so. but besides us, 
in light of that, she is still very dedicated to hockey and growing women's hockey and being a presence in the women's hockey world, her and her sister both. Uh, and her sister currently plays for the Pride. Um, so the award is named after her, and it's it was formerly the Perseverance Award, but it's basically just uh, a sportsmanship and dedication to the sport. I think I would say it's like a, a, a Masterton equivalent, equivalent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and Soroya Tinker won it, and she is amazing. Um, and she's really stepped up with the in the last few months, especially her stepping up her social media presence in with the barstool situation and mm-hmm. and um, denouncing any association with with barstool. And she's worked with Black Girl Hockey Club a lot mm-hmm. um, to try to spread the Get Uncomfortable campaign and and just. The fight to end racism and in, in, in sports in general, but especially in hockey, because it's a, it's yeah. still a, it's still a huge problem, unfortunately. Um, so I think it's awesome that she she won the, this award and that she'll con- oh, yeah. she hopefully and hopefully she continues to get the publicity that she deserves because she's like I said she's or- she organized the Black Girl Hockey uh, scholarship fund, yeah, and she's just she's just a a wonderful role model and an advocate in hockey in general oh, yeah. and uh it's it's awesome to see her getting recognized for her work because that unfortunately doesn't always happen for sure she's she's incredible she's so talented not only as a hockey player but she'll like post some of her art sometimes she's awesome with that and um i think something that's important to acknowledge with her situation and um with other um i guess just women of color in general in sports is that they probably shouldn't have to be the ones to stand up they should probably have yep. other people standing up with them but um she she deserves all the credit in the world for what she was doing um a couple months ago and uh, uh what she is still doing but um when things were at their height i guess she did really step up and she was the first one to kind of denounce the um aforementioned barstool stuff and people um did start to come in and support her afterwards so the league is very lucky to have her and i hope that um this recognition the support for her continues because she absolutely deserves it yeah and and i and you know not all of her riveters teammates but a lot of her riveters teammates had her back which yeah when 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 you say that you know the women of color and the people of color in sports shouldn't be the ones the only ones to speak up uh, I think the support after the fact from her Riveters teammates was a step in the right direction. It wasn't perfect, obviously, but it's better than them just basically handing it off to her and being like, yeah, you got this, Soroya. Like, we'll just <laughs> shut up. Like, they they, they really, um, a lot of them uh, were in her corner, which is which is nice because you don't want to feel, especially in that situ- in those kinds of situations, you don't want to feel like you're on your own little island, right? Those, those are sure. your teammates. You want to feel supported by them. So. Congratulations to all the awards winners. Um, you all deserved it, and and in uh, in the same vein uh, of happy news in the NWHL next season, the salary cap is going to double. Yeah, that that's was right, huge. folks. That's double. So it was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but because of amazing amounts of sponsorships that the league's been getting. And I think the NBC coverage had had something to do with that, cycling back to the the national coverage conversation and not completely, you know, discrediting NBC for the work they did because that was huge, them, mm. co- you know, broadcasting the Isabel Cup and everything. Um, the salary cap's going up to $300,000. And that's not, and 
And it's worth pointing out that that will not only be going towards the top players, the minimum salary is going up. Mm -hmm. So, so, so it's not like, oh, well, that means like Madison Packer and like, that means like, oh, like Brianna Decker is going to make more money and everyone else isn't and everyone else isn't like, no, everyone across the board is going to make more money, Mm -hmm. Um, which is amazing because I think we were, I think there was a little bit of pause with the fact that next year is an Olympic year Mm -hmm. and with COVID and everything, um, they announced like a delay in the expansion to Montreal and it seems like they might have trouble um, getting some of the girls back just because they're going to want to go focus on getting ready for the Olympics and international competition, which yeah. is completely their right. That's not to say that that's a bad thing. Um, so it's nice to see that uh, the league is still making moves forward despite maybe taking a step or two back in in certain respects absolutely i agree i think slow progress is still progress and um this is a huge step in the right direction with the salary cap um i feel like now is definitely a weird time to be a fan or supporter of the nwhl because there are such great things happening like in terms of the awards in terms of the uh draft in terms of the salary cap but um just just to remind everyone and make sure our heads are in the right place we are still dealing with this Digit Murphy stuff, and I hate it, yeah. and I'm very conflicted about it because I keep seeing the NWHL post stuff that makes me happy, and I want to be happy about it, and I go, mm, I don't know how I feel. So, um, don't know what the point of me saying that was. I guess just... Um, no, it's worth if, pointing out. If you are also feeling like that, I am with you. Yeah, <laughs> and it's... Like I said, it's it's there's steps forward and there's also steps backwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the digit thing still is very much happening, and I don't know when will when or if we'll ever see a solution on that. I mm. I don't know if they're just hoping it all goes away. Yeah. Um, but it is still it is it is worth bringing up that it's still an elephant in the room for sure. Yeah, I again yeah. don't know how they're gonna deal with it, but. Yeah, it's it's basically a, you can be happy that they're doing this, you know, mm-hmm. because the players certainly deserve this. But in the other regard, you also to be like, well, don't use this as like a cover up or yeah, like, exactly. That it's not a shield, exactly. And and I don't think we should talk about. I I don't want to. I don't want it to seem like we're talking about it that way either. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's not That's a shield. It's not a shield. It's not a yeah. It's not yeah. a shield. It's not a way of saying like. Oh well, let's forget all this bad things that are happening. Like because this, the salary cap's going up, I think yeah. um, it's worth that we have to mention that both both things can be true. Exactly. We can be ha- we can be happy for the league, and we can also mm-hmm. be disappointed in the league. And and it's yeah. the same. It's the same in the yeah. NHL. We can be happy yeah. that certain things are happening and disappointed that other things are happening. For sure. So I think that's how sports work in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, hopefully we'll we'll get more answers on that eventually. For sure. Um, I think maybe once we get closer to the season, maybe they'll have to. I mean, I feel like maybe they'll be forced to address it a little more. Yeah, you kind of hope yeah. it doesn't take that Not long for them to do something. Unfortunately, like I think it might, though. But yeah, based on how it's been handled now, and, and yeah. I, I obviously know a little bit less than you guys do. Um, just kind yeah, of follow it as much. I think. But yeah, it kind of doesn't seem like. I think right it. now the. I mean, I don't want to speak for the league and 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 but this is the vibe that I get um, is that they're, they're very much in 
award and draft mode Mm -hmm. that I think the hope is that that will be the focus. Yeah. And we can kind of push, push the, the other things to the side for now. And, and, and we'll cross that bridge when it's time to jump off it. Maybe that might be the, 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 the vibe, but I mean, like I said, you take the exciting things and you take the disappointing things. Yeah. That's how it goes. Um, Speaking of disappointing things, uh, the Women's World Championship was canceled again. Yeah. Um, so, uh, for a co- for context, the Women's World Championships uh, were canceled last year because of COVID-related things. Mm-hmm. And it was expected to go on this year in Nova Scotia. And then Nova Scotia's government, or yeah, yeah, Nova Scotia's government said, actually, JK, never mind. And this, and the players and coaches were already in their quarantine period, getting yeah. ready to come play in the tournament. Yeah. So that was how close to the tournament that they decided this. Yeah. So the double IHF, the governing body for international hockey, um, said didn't announce any plans to reschedule it. However, the men's worlds and the men's under 18 tournament are still going to go on as planned and they found ways to play them so people were obviously very upset um marissa and jemmy said uh it's two years in a row women's worlds were canceled while the men's u18 at all have continued it sounds like it was genuinely nova scotia's call but still not great for the double ihf you have to think they you have to think they prioritize international competition before olympics soon and uh it's true. I mean, uh, another interesting thing, Mike Murphy uh, at Big Deep, Dig Deep BSB. He's a great follow for he's women's incredible. hockey. I love love him. We he love says, him. this is this is the truth, and this is why I think it's frustrating for, for not only fans, but the players, especially to mm-hmm. see another international tournament get canceled. The window for elite... This is Mike's tweet. The window for elite international competition for many women's hockey players is pretty small. Many are forced to sacrifice a great deal in their personal and professional lives to keep that window open. The world's being canceled two years in a row is devastating. That was the first tweet. And then he uh, added, we only get so many years of icons having their opportunity to shine and impact impact growth on the big stage. This is another year without... Uh, Nana Fujimoto, now 32 in the world. One last year of Alina Muller inspiring countless Swiss girls to step onto the ice. This matters. And that's completely true. Mm-hmm. And the IIHF on all sides faced a lot of backlash for this. Um, and thankfully they were, they were paying attention because the IIHF did reschedule the women's worlds. It's very loose like announcement, but they said that they're that the women's world will be played uh through the end of August, so the twentieth to thirty first of August, with uh the host venue in Canada to be chosen in the coming weeks. So it's gonna be somewhere in Canada still mm-hmm. um at the end of the summer. So I'm glad that they listened to the outcry of the out just the outrage, I should yeah, say. Yeah. Because it's not fair to these women that like there's something that um so when i was in college kendall coin uh kendall coin schofield uh did a conference call with my class one of my my sports leadership class and something she said to me about the national teams uh at the time when they had 
uh, were protesting the world and didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. She talked a lot about the reasoning of why they did that and what the, the actions USA Hockey took in response to it. And one of the things, I won't go into the the whole, um, all the details that she gave us. Maybe I will um, on another time, but we're running out of time here. Um, she basically said that the women's national team goalie was forced, she was not given new equipment by USA Hockey. She had to wear her maroon and gold Minnesota Gophers pads. However, the Team USA goalie for U18s, now these children are under 18, they're not drafted yet. They get, he, their goalie gets a whole new set of pads that match the Team USA uniform. These kids are playing in a tournament for children, and these women are representing you, Team USA and team and women's and American women's hockey on the biggest stages in the world, and they're not getting their own equipment. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's and the tournaments. The tournaments getting canceled, and which ones are are being played? It's the same. It's the same example all over again. These women are the Nova Scotia's just canceling the women's worlds last minute. There's no contingency plan to reschedule it, but. They did everything they could to make sure that the men's U18s was played. I believe it's getting played in Texas where there's no laws. Um, so it's just mind boggling that these women who are the elite of the elite have to struggle to find a tournament to play in when m- m- boys and men of any age, no matter what their tournament, they know that their tournament's going to get played and they're going to be catered to. Yeah, I, I think it just goes back into what we say all the time of invest in women, hire women, pay women. Um, and it's exhausting that we have to keep talking about. It. I can't imagine how exhausting it is to have to live through it um, for the women who are affected by this. And I, I just can't say enough that it's it's unfair and it's awful and it's just blatant unfair treatment. And that's about all there is to say about <laughs> that it. That really is all you can say. I mean, it's just crazy. And I'm gl- I'm just so grateful that, like I said, that they listened to this outrage and actually made a freaking plan to play this tournament that these women deserve to play in, especially since this is the precursor to the Olympics. Yeah. 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 And I don't, and I, I say, I don't know how much more I can say that, that Sam, you kind of already went over with the whole, like these, a lot of these women don't have a lot more time left to to kind of shine on that big stage and, and when you're comparing it especially to the u18s where these kids these kids like we said these kids have a lot more time left yeah. you know god you know willing that everything in their careers go you know all right but they obviously have a lot more time to shine and a lot more time to get this opportunity where a lot of these women and, and even looking at it being an olympic year don't have much time left Mm. to to kind of shine on that big stage to get that opportunity to to help grow the game to help just you know do all they can left in in whatever moments they have but especially to grow the women's game um these are important opportunities for them to be able to show all all those little girls around and and just kids in general that they can do you know they can do it if, if they really believe in themselves but the investment the time has to be there and the fact that it's been two years in a row yeah. where the women's especially have been postponed but we're like oh no the, the boys are fine the men's are fine they can go we're going to give them all all the contingency plans we have we're going to give them everything they can so 
yeah, it, it was good that they listened to the outrage and they stepped up. But, you know, if you look at it in, in another regard, well, you should have known there was going to be outrage. There shouldn't yeah. have to be. Like, there shouldn't have to be outrage. Yeah. There shouldn't have to be. What, that's essentially what I mean is mm-hmm. there shouldn't have had to be this moment of, oh, crap, you know, everyone is right. For yeah. Me, you know, yeah, that we did this. Okay, we're going to make everything better again. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I mostly said that I'm glad that they listened because the alternative was them not listening at all and saying, "Yeah," yeah. and saying, "Well, who cares? We're we're not listening to you guys. We're just, it's it's not our fault. It's Nova Scotia's fault. So the, the yeah. tournament's staying canceled." Um, but I totally agree, and especially with the whole like growing the game because, especially when I was working at the NWHL, that was one of the biggest things that we stressed all the time was the was the importance of showing little girls that they can play hockey as well and that there's a that they don't have to say like oh I'll I'll, I'll just play through college and that'll mm-hmm. be it they can they can see they can see like I can be a professional athlete I can play hockey for a living um and that's super important and and Mike's examples in other countries too you know it's not just in in the United States other countries are trying to grow yeah women's hockey and they can't when there's no international tournaments, especially for those countries where they might not have a professional women's league. The only time that young girls can see women play at the top, the the highest level is in an international play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think that's, yeah, that's even more important, especially yeah. for those countries that don't necessarily have the opportunities that maybe some have in the, in the United States. Um, yeah. That, that this is the moment that this is really the time that they get to, they, they get to shine, basically, and you kind of get to learn about players maybe you didn't know much about because you don't see them aside from international competition. So, I, I truly, I didn't even think about that until you said it, that there are so many other countries mm-hmm. out there that, you know, want to grow the game as well and want to show all those uh, little girls that, you know, just because you come from a place that might not prioritize hockey or, or you might not have the same opportunities, that you can still persevere and you can still – do it if you know you have the, that opportunity you, know, you can yeah exactly follow your dreams yeah exactly I think everyone I think that's like the thing that the that is why I feel gravitated towards the NWHL so much is that like not to have like a love fest for them but <laughs> um I mean it's just it's just because they're like the professional women's hockey league right now but yeah. um yeah. that idea that any like you can no matter what your dream is you should be able to, you should be able to see it and want to and like be able to have the means to accomplish it is super important so i'm glad that like i said i'm glad that these women are going to get to play on the highest international level in and in the world and then the olympics um it shouldn't have had to, to take all this outrage but it happened <laughs> but it got it worked so um absolutely so we'll be. I'll be looking forward to that at the end of the summer. Yeah. Summer hockey is great. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we, this was a bit of a long one, but I'm glad that we're back and we got back on track. Yeah. Um. I told I told the uh, Jen and Ariel uh, in our our little group chat um, that uh, I'm gonna work on. We're gonna start a little trivia segment. I am going to start quizzing Ariel and Jen on very random hockey yeah. trivia at some point. And we will um, not know it. We will not. And yeah, yes, you guys yeah, won't know the answers. I'll know the answers. I'll be the quiz master. <laughs> um, just something a little fun for, so we're not always ending on uh, serious notes like 
like we just did. Yeah. Um, because it's 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 always nice to bring a little levity before we before we wrap things up. Mm-hmm. But um, it's already been an hour and twenty minutes almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm glad that we're back. I'm glad yeah. that I I get to see your beautiful faces and we get to talk hockey. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so, well, before we finish yeah. up, just um, something that broke on Twitter while um, we were recording. Oh, yeah. Yeah, was that um, somebody had come out. I haven't seen the original post, but we were kind of going back and forth about this. Uh, me and Ariel and Alexa um, in our podcast group chat was that um, somebody had come out with a story about uh, Jake Vertanen, who plays in the league. And uh-huh. it was not great. I don't advise, if you do see it going around, I don't advise you read it if you're easily triggered by discussions of sexual assault or rape. Um, we don't need to go in depth into it. Um, one, because I feel like that's insensitive. And two, because we're almost done. But I just wanted to make it abundantly clear that um, we support this person who came out and we a thousand percent believe survivors and our DMs on the Pucker Up account are always open if there's somebody that needs resources or somebody to talk to or anything of that nature. So I, I know we literally just said we don't like ending on like <laughs> these crazy serious notes, but I just think it was worth mentioning because this kind of yeah. um, happened as we were recording. So yeah, no, I yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought it up. I saw a little bit of it. I saw like the notifications come up from our our group message about yeah, it. I'm yeah. looking. I'm looking his name up on Twitter right now. Wanna- I yeah, go ahead. I'm looking his name up right now. So. Say this, um, and obviously I don't like like Jen said. Obviously, you know, we will always like we we believe survivors. We we believe like never be afraid to tell your truth. Absolutely. Um, I do want to say Absolutely. there is not a hundred percent certainty. It is Britannon. There is a lot of a lot of heavy heavy speculation, and it does seem like just you know because we get we get into that direction where yeah. You know, you are you 100 like I said, we believe, you know, whatever, whatever happened and everything. Because I did read, I did actually read the original post and it, it is very heavy. And yes, if, if that is something that has, you know, you, but you've been affected by or anybody, I would take very big caution in, in reading that. But I did feel like I kind of just wanted to say it is very, very heavily speculated that that is who it was. Okay. But, yeah. Just just to err on that side of, you know, caution that it, it's somebody else. Um Yeah. I, just to put that out there, but like again, this isn't of me course, crediting yeah. the story or anything like that. You know, I want to stress that we do yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously it takes a lot of courage to come forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've only think, I've only seen limited stuff about it just because like we said me it, as well. it has been I, happening as we were recording. So Yeah, yeah I'm I'm looking there is a lot yeah. of yeah. I'm um I'm looking into it right now. Um it seems like she the victim posted about it on her Twitter account, from what I can tell. No, and um, she has deleted her. That it originally came from an Instagram account. Oh, okay. Because all, all I know is that the. Okay, I know that the original posts on Twitter about it are deleted, from what I can tell. Okay, so that's um, my that's my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, um, it it was from an Instagram account that that kind of it is like that community that is okay. sharing. And um, what was posted in our group chat was somebody else sharing it. Okay, yeah. Um, oh, okay, okay. Um, of, okay. No, you're good. The, I just wanted to make sure. No, no, no. Please, you know. please correct. Like I said, please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I apologize if, if there's anything I'm not getting right because I'm I'm looking into it as mm-hmm. we literally as we speak. Yeah, as we um, everything that we've kind of said but, has kind of been. Um, Jake Vertanen 
this is actually confirmed. He's deleted his social media. Yeah. That so that's so certainly, I mean, that's not to say like, oh, it was definitely him then, but yeah. it is, it it's is a cons- very, you know, it's telling and it's a little alarming that he did that. Um, just oh. in regards to the speculation that it could be him, obviously yeah. there, there might be some truth to that. Um, I, I don't know what, I don't, I can't say much else except to parrot what you guys said that, mm. you know, we believe, we believe survivors, Obviously, if it is him, then some sort of punishment must be dealt dealt to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see someone compare this already to the Patrick Kane situation. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say one thing about that, that there were allegations against Patrick Kane. I think everybody knows that. And then they turned out to be the, the victim ended up say, recanting. Right. Yeah. And I think people take that as, well then she was lying. We There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, especially if someone is going to pursue legal action um, against a powerful, um, wealthy athlete. Um, so I always believe survivors, and I would not say... I think, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, especially men, um, tend to try to find a way to prove that it didn't happen or that a girl's lying. Mm-hmm. Um, please don't do that. That's disgusting. Please believe this victim. Please believe any victim. Um, I mean, it, it's very serious allegations. Apparently they were very detailed. So I doubt that this person was making it up. Um, there's really no reason to make up something like this. Um, and I hope that whoever it was, if it is Jake Vertanen, if that turns out to be true, if it's someone else, I hope that there's some sort of action taken. Absolutely. Agreed. That's what I'll add to that, I think. Yeah. I know we kind of so, shoehorn that in there, but I feel like... No, please. I yeah. think that's very important. And, and like I said, I just think like right now the, the main thing is to believe the victim and to seek the truth and then to hold the person accountable. Not to make excuses, not to try to defend anybody, not to do any of that kind of stuff. Right now right. it's just... It's just finding out what's the truth and believe and believing victims and standing by not only her, her, but people who might be triggered by this. Right. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I tried, I try to word those things. I don't want to, you know, say, say the, 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 I, I don't want to say anything that would upset anybody. So I think that's where a good place to, to end it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if anyone needs anything, I mean, you uh, pucker ups, Twitter DMs, I believe, are open. Um, so you can reach out to us. Um, there's a community, I think, of of women in the hockey world that you could definitely f- reach out to um, in this time because it's a, that it's a, it could be very triggering for some people. Absolutely. Yeah. So I appreciate you bringing it up, Jen, because I saw it, but I, I I didn't realize the extent of what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, um, we're almost at an hour and a half, so we'll wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, a great first week back on track. Um, the season's coming to an end, so it's going to be a busy time, and I'm excited to go through it with you guys. Um, and for you out there listening, uh, for coverage of said season ending and the playoffs and everything that comes with it, uh, you can follow us on social media at Pucker Up Sports. That's on everything. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and you can check out our website, PuckerUpSports.com. That's where all our written content is. Um, and yeah. 
Hope you ladies have a wonderful weekend. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.